Coming up on this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors, we have a bumper-packed royal roundup for you. We discuss the social medias of the royal family, Prince William's visit to James's place. We also touch on Charles and Camilla's visit to the BBC and Princess Charlotte celebrates her seventh birthday. So let's get on with the show. A grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. And welcome to today's episode. Well, um, last week, Rachel, we had a massive royal roundup. And I think, to be honest, we've got another royal roundup, haven't we? Yeah, it's all like little, little bitty information, isn't it? It is. What we thought we'd do again this week is just do a massive roundup, which um, it's always fun to record a roundup, isn't it? Yeah, because you get to, you know, um, tap on the highlights, don't you, as to say. So, yeah. And there's lots of highlights. So why don't we get into today's episode? But before we do, we'd just like to extend our massive thank you to the Royal Community out there. Yes, that means you, dear listener. Thank you so much for being part of the Royal Community. If you know anyone who likes the Royal Family just as much as we do, then why not share our podcast with them? We are growing and it's amazing to have an amazing community um, with Rachel and I following the royals and understanding more about their work and what they do and if you'd love to support us on the podcast to keep us going you can over on Kofi K-O-F-I you can go over and buy Rachel and I a coffee and that is four pounds or six bucks so if you'd like to support us in in that way please feel free a massive hello to Tammy out there who's in Cape Cod in Massachusetts hi Tammy (laughs) hi Tammy we had such a lovely email from her this week it was amazing And not just that, Tammy shared some pictures of the most beautiful locations within Cape Cod. So thank you so much for being uh, so generous with your time and all your knowledge. And I'm so excited. I mean, Massachusetts has always been on my list to go, Rach. So um, when she mentioned she was from, I was like, oh, I need to be there. I need to go there. So there's a few states in America that's on my list to, to visit. One is Massachusetts. The other is Chicago. And the other is Oklahoma. Those three are on my list so I'm really excited to uh you know tick them off as the years go by you've been to where in America I've been to Florida obviously Disney Disney <laughs> Disney um New York I've been to California yep yeah the, and like you there's loads I'd love to visit Texas that's on my list Texas um Utah oh lovely Colorado yeah Charleston Charleston is my number one I really really want to go to Charleston at the moment yeah there's so many amazing places in the um, United States and you know so fast and everywhere you go in the different states there's always a different um I love a different accent the um the culture is is although we're still America it kind of slightly changes you know Minnesota is very different to California but it's still America and I just I just love it. I love America. Anyway, that's our American talk. Let's get on to the Royal Roundup <laughs> for this week. So 
So let's start with Princess Eugenie. And last week she launched her new podcast, Floodlight, with her charity, the Anti-Slave Collective. And this podcast will be 10 episodes where Eugenie and her co-founder, Julia de Boinville, are joined by guests that include lawmakers and company leaders where they shed a light on how prominent modern slavery is in today's world. I listened to this podcast yesterday. Oh, did you? I didn't realise it was out. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, it was super interesting. It was really, really interesting. And she didn't she didn't um, say Princess Eugenie. She just said Eugenie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then her friend was calling her Eugenie. So that's obviously ah, ah, her nickname. I <laughs> love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, welcome to the podcast platform. <laughs> welcome to the podcast world, Eugenie. Eugenie, Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just start calling her you from now on? You know, we're mates after all, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're like that. <laughs> so what did you think then of the episode? Yeah, as I say, it was super interesting. And, um, you know, obviously, as the Anti-Slave Collective, they're covering sex trafficking and modern slavery and some some of the stories. So they had a lawyer on, you know, she is a defendant of survivors people actually victims of Mm. slavery you know it's just incredible to think that in today's world that still exists I know and it's it's a big problem and it's it's so wonderful that Julia and uh, Eugenie is actually covering this and and shedding some light on it so wish them all the best I mean the podcast world is plentiful and it's wonderful to have her in the sphere for sure right let's move on to Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall they visited BBC's broadcasting house to mark the 90th anniversary of the BBC World Service they met staff presenters and producers and learned how they are working at maintaining reporting across Ukraine Russia and Afghanistan through conflict now did you see any of the footage from this Um, engagement rage yeah they actually put up a very interesting reel didn't they (laughs) yeah they did they did it made me really tearful rage because he gave this emotive speech that came from the heart and was just really off the cuff you know sometimes when they have speeches that are written for them and then all of a sudden they just give like a 30 second speech but it's amazing I feel like this was one of those moments and it really choked me up because Charles had met some people who'd come to the UK from the BBC World Service uh, to work because of certain conflicts around the world. And he was just saying about like, we really welcome you here and it's wonderful to have your expertise and your culture to mix in with the diversity of Britain. And the way in which he said it and the way in which he delivered it just really tugged on my heartstrings. And this is this is something that was completely, like I say, off the cuff for Charles. And he's just amazing at it. He really, really is amazing. Yeah, and it was really nice to see Clive Myrie, who's one of our um, BBC reporters. And he was out in Ukraine for weeks when it first happened, wasn't he? And he yeah. was on the front line reporting every single day. And he's become a bit of a national treasure. <laughs> a national treasure! We talked about national treasures in last week's episode, yeah. Royal Community. <laughs> but he has, there's been so many YouTube videos of him, hasn't yeah. there, in this yeah. conflict. And yeah, it's it's so harrowing to be a, like a, a war reporter. I mean, you are putting your life on the line. We then saw Charles at West London Welcome, which is a community centre who supports refugees, asylum seekers and migrants living in West London. And this community centre offers English classes, a food bank, childcare and supports up to 650 people from over 50 different nationalities. 
Wow. Mm. Rach, did you see that he sat down with two people who were playing chess and then and Charles said, oh, I can't play chess. Like, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, the Prince of Wales can't play chess. <laughs> I've been taught how to play chess numerous times. I just can't be bothered. I really cannot <laughs> be bothered. I'm like, oh, like, just give me drafts or, you know, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I can play drafts, but I can't. Yeah, bring on drafts or snap. I'm with you on those, but chess, no thanks. <laughs> or sevens. Yeah, sevens. Yeah, sevens. <laughs> I love sevens. Oh, anyway. What an amazing charity, an amazing cause. And I'm so glad that Charles could shine a light on this community because, you know, this is what it's all about. It's um, making people aware of these smaller charities that have a massive impact on their communities. Yeah, absolutely huge impact. And it's it's like you said, these tiny charities are are moving mountains with what they do. And what I loved was watching Charles. He he sat in like a big circle and you know, you know those like tables for 12 in a circle. And he was chatting yeah. to some of the people who come to the, the community center about, um, about their stories and you know how they came to Britain and it was there's so much life and love and and hope there but you know everyone is struggling and it's just wonderful them for them to have this community center to not feel alone because when you're a refugee or an asylum seeker or a migrant then you are not in the majority so you can feel very isolated and having this community where people understand your needs and your upsets and what you know how you can move forward and then facilitate that as well is it's irreplaceable and they're doing a remarkable job there so I'm glad Charles went I, I really like Charles's engagements this week. Yeah. I'm with him on this. He's been very busy because we also saw Charles today and he went to Brixton where he visited Big Kids, which is a mentoring programme which was started by Shaninga Marishar whilst he was still in sixth form back in 2008. And the reason that he started this was to help kids that were at risk of exclusion from school. Mm. And Charles saw how some of the activities, including Maureen's food truck and how it teaches kids how to run a business and cook delicious food at the same time I mean what more could you want what more could you want oh my goodness Maureen's food looked incredible she had like fried chicken she had a chickpea curry which I was like wanting to put my hands into the screen when I was watching (laughs) it and just taste some it looked amazing and having these role models is such an excellent way of mentoring you know young people that are in risk of exclusion because sometimes you don't have a direction but to have these role models and to be mentored is an excellent way to get back on track and to feel purposeful yeah because kids being taught how to run a business things like this should be included in today's schooling absolutely like I wish when I was at school somebody taught me what it means to have a mortgage what it means to pay bills how to set up a bank account these are things that young kids they need to learn and yeah you know unless they've got people around them that have done that you know mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly and also some people don't have the parental guidance that is needed and these life skills are, are kind of pushed to the wayside so you are on your own and it can be very isolating to feel that way so yeah I agree with you I'm, I massively agree with you 
Right, get ready, Rach, because on Tuesday, the 12th of May, the Jubilee Pudding, 70 years in the baking, <laughs> will air on the BBC. Now, we did see this week, didn't we? Camilla and Dame Mary Berry. Mary Berry! <laughs> I hope you got that call out, Royal Community. <laughs> um, join forces to judge the Platinum Pudding Competition, where the winner's recipe will feature as part of the Big Jubilee Lunch. This is also in partnership with... Fortnum and Mason isn't it correct and we have a vlog on Fortnum and Mason so if you want to head on over to our YouTube channels just search keeping up the Windsors and you can see all the goodness of the Platinum Jubilee collection that they have yeah and we've got two vlogs from that the first is the collection the second is actually looking at the exhibition which, which was on floor three going through the Royal Warrant and the holders of the Royal Warrant and showing some of the items on on sale there so that was really fun to learn more about the Royal Warrant also had a sniff of the Queen's perfume which was quite <laughs> <laughs> interesting yeah. head, head on over to see our reaction what we thought <laughs> <laughs> Staying with Camilla, she visited the I Am exhibition in Manchester, and this has been developed with Safe Lives, which Camilla is a patron of, and this features portraits of domestic abuse survivors. Um, this was really interesting, this engagement, because Camilla on this day went on several engagements, and we'll talk about the other one in a moment. But this was quite poignant because the photos they shared, they also had the survivors were actually in participation there and they had a great photo with Camilla and looking at these women they just looked like normal average women I'm saying this in quotation marks yeah and by looking at them you wouldn't think that they had been abused and they were abuse survivors yeah. and I think this is why for me the portraits were really um poignant was for this matter you know because this can happen to anyone and you know it's it's great that um safe lives is shining a light on this and Camilla actually said these photographs show us how survivors can and do take back their own identities which I just thought I couldn't put it better myself yeah and one of the main things about this exhibition in particular is changing people's perceptions of what that means um, to be an abuse survivor. They also say within it that people always ask the question, but why didn't they leave? Instead of rephrasing the question to why didn't the abuser stop? Like, why did the, the abuser not stop the abuse? Why is it always on the victim? Um, and just changing that narrative. And this is such an important exhibition to change that perception and change that mindset. So I think it was really, really important. We then saw Camilla at M House Mosley. Apologies if I've said that wrong, but this is a charity that supports homeless people. And as patron, she was there for a pre-Jubilee big lunch. Now she was there with volunteers and Platinum Champion nominees. What is a Platinum Champion nominee, Rach? Do you know? It's an award that celebrates volunteers across the country and how they make a difference to their communities. Sounds amazing. She also looked around the charity shop area and came across a silver Jubilee mug. And guess what? she said she said believe it or not I have a collection of them right she's like you she's got a collection <laughs> FYI royal community I don't have a collection <laughs> I am I'm honestly thinking that Rachel's William and Catherine biscuit tin is the collection 
by the royal community. So I know I'm, I'm, you know, she doesn't have this big massive uh, regalia or what's the word? Like, um, what's, what's the word? Like, um, like a room, like set up. Yeah, like, <laughs> with a Princess Diana plates. If you do yeah. have a Princess Diana plate, royal community, there's no judgment. I'm just saying yeah. Rachel does not have one. <laughs> yeah, mine consists of a few biscuit tins and a few OK magazines. That's it. <laughs> I love it. And do you know what? I mean, where do you think she's uh, stashed this collection? Well, she's got enough rooms to choose from and enough houses, hasn't she? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Clarence House, Highgrove, you know, Burke Hall. I'm sure she's got plenty of space. Oh my gosh. What if she's like a secret hoarder and there's like, you know, in Friends when Monica has that, that cupboard. cupboard and she stores all the rubbish <laughs> in it? What if there's like a room Camilla oh. just has like all this memorabilia and Charles is like, that's a room I can never go into. <laughs> we never know what's in there. And all of a sudden you just open it up and just a bit like Bellatrix's fault in Harry Potter where all the all the trophies just come falling down. It's just memorabilia bugs everywhere. I was going to say that bit in um, Beauty and the Beast when the um, the cupboard opens. Yes. <laughs> and then it's butterflies like, come true. out. <laughs> Oh, sorry, we're all community. If you don't understand any of those references, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Oh, all I can think is just Camilla as a wardrobe. <laughs> Amazing. So let's move on. So April, as we know, is an extremely busy month for royal birthdays, and on Monday, Princess Charlotte celebrated turning seven. So happy, happy birthday. birthday, Charlotte! As with all the kids' photos released, these were taken by the Duchess of Cambridge. Apparently this weekend, just gone. That's what it said on their socials. And we actually saw her with the family dog, a black cocker spaniel, who's apparently called Orla. I didn't know her name was Orla. That's so cool. Yeah. And then we also had two other photographs and Princess Charlotte was seen sitting in a field full of bluebells. So I'm presuming this was taken at Amna Hall. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it is rumoured that it was in Norfolk, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, these photos, one Charlotte, she's just looking so grown up. And I remember watching the Lindo wing waiting for Catherine and William to come out. It was one of those things. It's like, I just want to see the baby. And then it was like, oh, there she is. Yay, George is there. Yay. (laughs) Oh, he was such a lovely big brother, wasn't he? Kind of like going up the stairs. He was so tiny at the time, wasn't he? And he did like a little wave to the cameras. Oh, love it. So cute. I know. And it feels like yesterday, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't believe it's been seven years. It's absolutely crazy. But, um, you know, she's got lovely, long, straight hair. She looks, let's see if we agree or not, Shell. She looks like a mini William. I think she looks more like William than Catherine. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. But she, I think she still looks like the Queen more than she does any other member of the family. Oh, yeah, yeah. She looks like, I mean, you know, if Charlotte, Charlotte curled her hair. Yeah. She definitely looks like the Queen. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to Prince William. He visited the new permanent centre of James's Place, which is a charity that provides professional therapy and support for men experiencing a suicidal crisis. Now, this was set up by Claire Milford Haven, who is the Marchioness of Milford Haven, in memory of her son, James Wentworth Stanley, who took his own life in 2006, aged 21. Now, when I was doing my research for this, um, if you look on the website, it says that 10 days after a minor operation, James took his own life. He had tried to seek support about his suicidal thoughts, but couldn't find the urgent help he needed. And that's what spurred his mother and father to set up this trust. And 
there's also like a bit of a connection because back in 2018, William opened the first James's place in Liverpool. And James was actually a friend of Princess Eugenie's and his younger brother, Harry, is married to Cressida Bonus, who previously dated Prince Harry. When William turned up, he gave Claire Milford Haven a, a massive hug. And I was like, oh, what's going on there? And then when I read about it, I was like, oh, they actually know each yeah, other. Yeah, she was like, do I hug you or do I do a, a curtsy? And she did both at the same time. And it was quite funny it was like um okay <laughs> but I'm sure that's something I would do if I ever met William like yeah. I'm not quite sure what I do right now and I'm just do the wrong thing at the wrong time <laughs> yeah what I found amazing about this is Harry, um, James's brother Harry, has raised over £650,000 when he went on an unsupported rowing race from the Canary Islands to Antigua. Wow, that is a long way. Yeah. And and that amount of money is just so crucial in supporting the new centres because they've got Liverpool and London now, have they? Yeah, this is the second one. This is the second one. And another thing that I found was interesting, and I was looking at the Board of Trustees, and one of the trustees used to work for Prince Charles in oh. Prince Charles's household. Oh, there we go. Right, okay. So there's another royal connection there as well. What a wonderful place. And hopefully it saves lots and lots of men moving forward. Yeah, because there's still that stigma around, you know, oh, you're a man, man up and men don't cry, boys don't cry. And it shouldn't be like that. And I, I think the only thing that did annoy me about this show, I must say, is that the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's Instagram account, they posted this in their stories, but they didn't post it on their actual main feed. Right. Can I can I have a, a proper candid conversation with you, Rach, about the Duke and Duchess's social media right now? What is going on? What is going on? Honestly, I feel I feel like for months it's not been right. I don't know who they've got in there at the moment. Yeah. But the Caribbean tour was absolutely shocking. Yeah. They should have, if that was me or you, we would have been on that every mm. single day, yeah. every single engagement. We wouldn't have waited until the end of the day to post something. As soon as it happened, I'd be on there with the photos and I'd be like, right, this is where they went. This is the charities they visited. Yeah. Da 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 da. Exactly. But, it's not it's not been like that and I just don't understand like for instance when it was Charlotte's birthday it just I think it just said seven today and I was like is that it (laughs) I was so disappointed I honestly I can't even tell you um every single time I've seen a post now like for instance today which is the 4th of May because we're recording this on Wednesday there was a tweet um that went out from the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's Twitter account that said off to the Design Museum today with BFC, British Fashion Council. By the way, Royal Community would be talking about that momentarily. To hear the stories influencing British creativity. That was it. So they've done it in first person, like it's Catherine tweeting it. But it's given you, no, like, it literally is like a factual bit of information. But it's meant like in the first person. I'm like, this doesn't work. You're either going to say it from William or from Catherine's mouth. Or you're going to say it like you're a person a spokesperson from their team writing it you can't mix and match the two it just does not work it's very incongruent with the reader and also on twitter normally we know if it's william or Catherine um tweeting or they've got someone to tweet it themselves is because it will have w or, or c. c so you know it's come directly from them exactly it just and also like there was no picture like don't get me wrong and no no not, not every tweet needs a picture but it was just so like left out there and i thought to myself what are they playing at 
there's been so many amazing opportunities. For, like they've got ample content, the social media team there. It's unbelievable. And they were they were so good, wasn't they? Remember when they had a YouTube channel? Yeah. Like what happened to that? Where's that gone? Where is all the content? Like what is happening? What's so inconsistent is that they'll post on Twitter, but then sometimes they don't post on the Instagram. Yeah. Or they'll post on Instagram three days later, the same thing. It's like, yeah, I really don't understand. And we have to also just call it out. The Platinum Jubilee's on the way. They need to buck their ideas up. Yeah. There's so much coming out. I bet you any money. We, we won't get anything from Troop in the Colour when we go see William. No, no. And also, I've got to make a point and say, whoever's doing Clarence House social media, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's social media team needs to be looking at that because their social media accounts are so good. Like, they'll post on Twitter first and usually, like, within 10 minutes, then it's on the Instagram. Yeah. And, you know, that's such a role reversal because back last year, we were praising, wasn't we, uh, the Cambridge's socials, how amazing it was. We had this new YouTube channel. It was fresh, wasn't it? Especially just come out of the pandemic where they were just hailed as these Zoom, like, warriors of the of the monarchy. And they were really front line and centre and really connected to their kingdom I hate to say it like that but you know that's that's true isn't it but now I just feel like they've gone backwards whatever's happening it's not the right thing and um I just I just feel like I just want to sit down with their social media team and say we're the royal community this is what we want to hear this is what we want to see and it just is not vibing it's just not vibing where are all the YouTube videos Like, why are you letting big news outlets take the story and run with it when you could be highlighting those charities on your social media and garnering that and also getting ad revenue that will go back to those charities? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, this is what I was going to say is that's what it's about at the end of the day is is the charities that they're patrons of and the places that they visit every single day. And for instance, a charity like Safe Lives, if you go onto their Instagram, they haven't got, they've got under 10,000 followers. Yeah. But having Camilla visit probably boosted that and the awareness of that charity and that's you know the whole purpose of these royal engagements yeah so for the for the royal socials not to be posting about them or like you said posting a few days later it's kind of like well as royal fans we knew about that three days ago yeah that's old news to us like why are you posting about it now if, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna post about it don't if you don't post about it now there's no point because that's you know fish and chips newspaper I've already seen it yeah we're having a bit of a gripe now royal community but I think it's necessary because it's been like bubbling away underneath the surface and Rachel and I for this you know for you royal community we we pay a lot of attention to the royals not just because we love them but because we have keeping up the Windsors and we need to be current as much as we possibly can and so we've seen this over the at least this year especially just this downward spike of um just not feeling engaged with it at all but that obviously is Rachel and I's personal opinion do you feel the same way about the royal socials let us know over on instagram email us keep it up with the windsors pod at gmail.com and have your say what do you think another thing for me rach and i don't know whether you feel the same way but after watching the princes and the press on the bbc a couple of months ago we realized how much the monarchy is propped up by the press and how the press is also propped up by the monarchy but 
one thing the monarchy is failing to realize is they are their own entity and actually they are their own PR and press. And we have our own platforms these days where we can shine the light that we want to shine rather than having it be dictated to by the press and how they want to see it. But the press feels like a bit like a prism, you know, like the, the, the light goes everywhere. Whereas what, like, for instance, we've got our own podcast. We can say what we want on here. And it's the same with the Royals. They've got their own YouTube channel. Why can't they just say what they want to say on there? You know, and I don't mean be political or be different than, you know, what we're expecting as Royals, but actually just putting the footage out on there and getting the ad revenue to go back to the charities. It just drives me up the wall that they have that absolute platform to get like billions of views on their YouTube channel and they're not utilizing it. And I think it's because they have this unwritten um, kind of declaration with the press that can't be broken because they feel like the monarchy will um, be abolished or, you know, there's going to be like a falling down of the monarchy by doing that. But I actually think in trusting in the brand royal, in trusting in who they are and what they represent, they could actually be bigger and greater and help more charities than they ever could think of possibly in their current system. Yeah, because look at James's place. That was a charity I've never heard of before. And like we said, you know, for a charity talking about men's suicide, something that doesn't get spoken enough about. Yeah, this was prime opportunity to really, you know, get that in people's minds and people's psyches. And it's just not happened. Yeah, totally. You know, because not everybody, the people that have Instagram might not have Twitter. The people have, tw- have Twitter might not have Instagram. So that's why you've got to be consistent with both of them yep. so that you're spreading the word and, you know, people are hearing about these amazing charities and the amazing work that the royals do with these charities. As I said, that's the whole point of them. And that's just not coming across at the moment. Yeah. Social media team for Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, sort yourselves out. Sort your like, lives out. Sort your lives out. Like, sort it out. I honestly you know? think, though, they do have very talented people there. They might just literally have their hands tied behind their backs with the way in which the institution would like them to do social media. Yeah, but, Shell, you say that, but what's changed from a year ago? Yeah, true. Actually, no, I take that back. From a year ago, they were rocking it. Yeah, don't, you can't say that. Well, you, you, you know, it's your right to say that. But <laughs> like you said, like, a year ago we couldn't praise them enough if it's the same social media team like what has happened because you know as we say Clarence House are killing it even the royal family socials they're killing it every single day the royal family social is posting at the moment you know on the lead up to the platinum jubilee and we're just not getting the same from the cambridges although i do have to say and we always make this point but you know princess anne is always an afterthought and she never gets the the you know the recognition she deserves um and i would love to see them post more about the engagements as well on the royal family but i actually think that's because the platinum jubilee is coming up i think once the platinum jubilee passes i think we'll see a little bit of a dip in the amount of content we get with the royal uh, royal family because i remember this time last year we were we were not very happy with the content that was go- going out on royal, the royal family instagram it just goes to show something doesn't it where you find it out from like a like complete tabloid press before you actually find out from the royal family itself yeah 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we I think we've said this previously, a lot of the information we get from is from the tabloids or from the photographers that are on these yeah. engagements mm-hmm. or the journalists yeah. that are on these engagements with the royals before it even hits the royal socials. Yeah. And it should be coming from the royal socials. That's what we follow them for. We want to hear about what they're doing. We want to see what they're doing. You know, that's important. You've got to, what's the thing with the queen? You've got to be seen to be believed. Absolutely. Like, obviously, we know who the Cambridges are. But if you didn't, if you wasn't a royalist, if you didn't follow the royals, you would think, what are they doing every single day? I've not seen them yeah. this week. We know that they work. We know that we they work every single day, apart from the weekends. But, you know... <laughs> Give them some time off, Rach. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like most people. But, you know, that's, come on, like, get a grip. <laughs> like I say, Royal Community, if you have any thoughts, please let us know. Let's move on to the rest of our Royal Roundup. Rach, have you heard about this? That Netflix is looking for a Kate Middleton lookalike? Oh, my God. Netflix have put out a casting call for an actress to play Kate Middleton, aged 18, in the next series of The Crown. In the notice, it says, this is a good role in this award-winning drama, and we are looking for a strong physical resemblance. No previous professional acting experience is required. I hate it when they do this yeah. i really do hate it do you know why got royal community i'm having a right gripe today <laughs> the reason why is because there's so many talented actresses out mm-hmm. there and just because they don't look like Catherine, then they're not going to get the part like yeah oh but shell come on it is one of those things where you're playing the most famous people in the world claire foy looked like the queen at her age yeah emma corrin was a, a ringer for diana you know these people look like them but they all have acting backgrounds and they all have mm-hmm. um a way in which to to work with the camera and do their thing and that's not to say that somebody who hasn't had their big break yet might not go to this and then they look like a catherine and then they have their big break that's amazing but it's just like oh there's so many amazing actors and actresses out there looks shouldn't be a major contributing factor in in whether you get the role or not Mm. but I completely understand your point it's just yeah like I say I'm having a bit of a gripe what's interesting also about this is season five of the crown hasn't even been released yet we've not even seen a trailer for it yeah um so what's interesting is this casting call it does actually say on it that pre-production will start in the summer Mm. so they're going to obviously start filming this as soon as possible but previously the creator Peter Morgan of the crown said they were only going to do up to the death of Princess Diana yeah but now obviously that's not the case they're going to follow um the you know they're obviously going to have a young William and Harry and a, a Kate Middleton So that makes me think, how much further is the crown going to go? Is it going to end when Catherine and William meet? And that's kind of it. Are we going to see the big wedding? What annoys me, Shell, is... Right, okay, let's get into this. (laughs) We've not really spoken about this before. Go on, go on. Royal community, grab yourself a cup of tea. Rachel's on it. (laughs) (laughs) But series four of the crown, right? The biggest thing in that was the wedding of Prince Charles to Princess Diana, right? Yeah. And in the trailer, I remember this big, they made this big thing about Diana in the wedding dress, the most iconic, one of the most iconic wedding dresses of all time. The taffeta crumpled piece of mess. <laughs> and literally we saw it for about five seconds. In five the crown. seconds, I know. I and know. it was, and I think it was like the back of it. And apparently they had spent hours on it. We we know how much work goes into these costumes. And I was just devastated that we never got to see that absolutely devastated yeah I was just so disappointed because that was such a moment and for that that dress to be recreated 
would have been like a wow like this will go down in television history and we see five seconds of it are you joking me so strange they made that that directorial uh, decision isn't it yeah they made such a big deal about showing the engagement ring like her picking the engagement ring Royal community we have got an episode where we deep dive into season one of the crown yes so go back and listen to that if you want to it's episode 30 yeah so michelle and i talked for about two hours <laughs> We do. We do talk about two hours, but it's a real deep dive into busting the myths of what is real and what's not when it comes to royal facts and how accurate the the crown is in uh, series one of the crown. So if you want to uh, head on over to that episode and listen next, feel free to. Well, we did mention a bit earlier on, but um, as we're recording this, Catherine is presenting the Queen Elizabeth II Award for British Design at an event hosted by the British Fashion Council. Now, this is at the London Design Museum in Kensington. I've never been to this museum before, and I actually sound like I really want to go. The award aims to provide recognition of the cultural and trade role British design and fashion industry has played throughout the Queen's reign. Rach, do you remember when the Queen sat front row with Anna Wintour and Angela Kelly can you remember this oh I can remember this because nobody knew she was coming it was so amazing it was so iconic and you can see Anna Wintour was like I'm sitting next to the queen it was like the battle of the queens do you know what I mean (laughs) and the queen was there with a handbag I'm like I loved it but what's really interesting about this is this award was actually designed by Angela Kelly and I didn't know this until I was doing my research for the podcast today and um, the award is actually inspired by the Queen Elizabeth Rose and each year a designer will be selected by the British Fashion Council in collaboration with the Royal Household and each year it's been decided that a member of the Royal Family will hand out this award so obviously today Catherine is doing it previously um i know sophie the countess of wessex and princess anne's also handed out the award amazing so yeah i mean oh that that moment of the queen that was just epic <laughs> it was re- honestly it was really epic and i loved it because everyone was just like that's the queen that's the queen oh my goodness i can't believe she's here that's the queen yeah. <laughs> and the designer richard quinn who she awarded the first award to if you followed the met gala this week in new york um, Richard Quinn actually designed the dress worn by Nicola Clocklin, who plays Penelope in Bridgerton. Oh, really? Oh, that was beautiful. That yeah. pink number. Yeah, that was a Richard Quinn design. Oh, it was lovely. It was really lovely. Shout out to the British designers. Yeah. <laughs> did you see Catherine in her green number heading to hand out the award this evening, Rach? Yes, I did. What did you think of it? Um, I I wasn't a massive fan. I thought she looked amazing. I just wasn't a massive fan of it. Um, I didn't particularly like the belt, but it is what it is. No, I was going to say exactly the same thing. The belt, it just, it just didn't do it for me. I, th- I thought, you know, straight hair is a bit different to what she normally, she would normally have the waves in her hair. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. But I guess this is what's great about Catherine wearing a designer that's a bit more under the radar is that once this image goes out across the world, that dress will probably already be sold out. Absolutely, yeah, and rightly so. We know Catherine loves her fashion anyway, so it's a perfect choice for her to give this award out. And what a wonderful award to celebrate British fashion. Um, Well, we have to mention it, and it's 
the really unfortunate news that um, Megan's animated series with Netflix, Pearl, has been cancelled. Now, um, the show is one of several that's been cut by Netflix um, because it's seen as a fall in subscribers and they are cutting costs. Can I just say, I've actually unsubscribed from Netflix this week because I've seen everything and then they put the price up. And <laughs> I'm like, I just, no. I just can't do it anymore. I, I can't unsubscribe because my, my love Bridgerton is on there. <laughs> <laughs> You're with Netflix for life. <laughs> I am. So we say got Bridgerton. Yeah. And I've been re-watching Downton Abbey as well. <laughs> oh, really? The Because oh, we're, we're watching The American Office at the moment because we didn't watch it first time round. So we're on series five of it. But that's on Amazon just as, as much as it's on Netflix. So I was like, I'm, I'm paying for the two. I might as well just pay for one now and then go back because I'll go back to Netflix when the new crown comes out um, or when they've got like a new episode of one of the series that I watch but right now there's nothing on it so I'm going to give it a bit of a break unfortunately I know me unsubscribing is also contributing to these cancellations but you know that's my uh, consumer right isn't it <laughs> <Just> <laughs> consumer right but um it's a bit upsetting actually isn't it about um pearl because it did sound a really good animated series for young people it seemed very um you know motivational and um, inspirational so archwell announced last year that megan was going to be an executive producer on the series however netflix did confirm that it will continue to work with other projects with archwell productions including a documentary as we know we've spoken about on the podcast before um about the invictus games called the heart of invictus and i'll focus on athletes competing in the invictus games which was set up by prince harry so yeah um we are ending on a sad note with pearl being cancelled but um how do you feel about this week's royal roundup what's been your favorite engagement i have to say i've got to go with the amos mosley charity where she she saw the silver jubilee teacup and she was like yeah i need i need to have that one <laughs> love it love it I think mine was when Prince Charles when he was in Brixton at the big kid mentoring program and he met Maureen of Maureen's food truck and he was talking to brother food and like how she was mentoring and helping the young people learn how to run a business and I just love the interaction she was so friendly and warm and welcoming and like I say absolutely delicious food it looked incredible and I love Charles's um, enthusiasm and energy in this engagement so I'm going to pick that I'm going to pick that what was your favorite royal community come on over and let us know on Instagram at keep it up with the Windsors pod you can also email us to keeping up the Windsors pod at gmail.com and don't forget we also have a YouTube channel just search keeping up with the Windsors and you we've got loads of videos including our recent trip to Fortnum and Mason I'll always put the links patron years charities in the show notes of the podcast so just scroll up on your phone and you'll see the links and you can click on those and head to either like our YouTube more podcasts or any of the charities that you'd like to donate or find out more about if you'd love to support the podcast you can by going over to Kofi and buying Michelle and I a coffee it's four pounds slash six bucks and that will help to keep us on the air remember if you know somebody in the royal community who would love to listen to our podcast then please feel free to share it with everyone you know and uh, spread the word let's grow the royal community because we're only getting bigger we're only getting better and we're only getting stronger i feel like a kanye west song <laughs> coming on thank you so much for being here thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week on keeping, keeping up, up with the, the windsors, windsors.